up our Talk Up podcast. If you don't know about it, now you know. Hey, you got something to say? One topic, two options. Oh, yeah. We got a lot to say. Welcome to episode 105. Unwanted emotions triggered by mental illness. We are making live phone calls to our guests on today's episode. We will be speaking to the continuation of Graham on Silent, Miss James, Couch Queen, and Room 109. And do remember that there will be additional episodes in regards to this topic. So we ask that you listen to them all. Each episode will have four new speakers. Who are we speaking to, you might ask? Well, we had the chance to speak to licensed counselors, social workers, podcasters, religious leaders, motivational speakers, and individuals who were willing to share their journey with mental illness. We ask that you listen up and you listen closely. If you want to be a part of the next discussion in regards to mental health, please email us at shutuporetalkup at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Listen to the next caller right now. When we think about suicidal rates, it's never I don't think it's linked to a different cult, a specific culture. Right. But for me, I don't hear about other cultures and their suicide situations. Well, no, I mean, I've actually have heard of other cultures um, stories, but it's just not often. I remember hearing about Asian school or some kids graduating from college and they were worried because they didn't have straight A's to bring home to their parents. And I think they were committing suicide. I don't know what country it was. I can't remember. And I was like, damn, that's major pressure. You know, kids killing themselves because they can't bring an A home. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, right. My pandemic's going to have to accept this shit. They word. <laughs> I already told them before, hey, it's not looking good on this one. Look, you're going to have to, yeah, I pass. Like, word. Like, the thing is, and so the, the, this idea of perfection and then also with a certain community because you have to be perfect because you know, even if you were perfect, somebody else that don't look like you would just get a green light to do something you do and they can't even do it right because of how they look. You you hear that, hey, you gotta be the best. You gotta do this, you gotta do it better. You gotta, they do five times, you do a 20. Like, woo. From my experience with people and um, my background when it comes to that, um, working with people, I would say a lot of perfectionists that I've met suffer from extreme anxiety. Everyone's familiar with it differently depending on the culture they come from. In the black community, how often do you hear that somebody has killed themselves? I've heard that somebody killed themselves, but it's just going up now. It, it is, to be. yeah. It's not a. It's not only a black community activity. Suicide is a human thing. That's a mental thing. So for me, it's like we all got to be in that fight together. And that's why we don't need to be divisive if we're in a fight to save lives and to, to help people have sustainable lifestyles and live. And so something like suicide, it doesn't matter what color you are. How much do you think? The, uh, and I think that's, that's a societal thing, too. Like the whole, uh, you know, because like we tend to be focused more on our individual self than the community, right? So like even discussing suicide, like, when people find out the reasons, sometimes they go, oh, I would never do that because of that. But it's like, you know, what what breaks you 
may not break the next person. right also, also so it's like it's a real thing so for me seeing suicide i wish i can pour some of that into somebody like ah, oh, you the shit like you are amazing like you know what i mean i wish i can pour that and i and i and i try to you know in my life talking to people but a thousand kisses and hugs from everybody you love in some situations won't save suicide it's a mental thing, like you were saying earlier. It's one, it's so many different reasons, you know. And then it's forgiveness, yeah. embarrassment. Like you were saying about like, uh, like trying to trying to tickle yourself and like you can't do it, and it's even like. Uh, but if I had to survive, if I was like, if I my leg had gangrene on it, I would chop. That's the first thing. If it's for survival, I'm the type of girl that'll jump off a tree or some shit like that. <laughs> I would, I would jump, I would jump. You know, um, I don't want to talk about where I live at, but I would jump all the way down. Yeah, you, I, I was about to say, I think you just want to jump off of something hot because you like, if there's a fire, I'm just going to jump off the balcony. Remember I told you that? You could easily just walk down the stairs. Listen, you know, like, when... You know where the fire is, you wouldn't even have to run down the stairs. Like, you could just walk I just walk down. up. Oh, yeah. I'll jump up. jump out. The balcony. Then I, I did say that because you know why? Because when I'm home, I'm always lounging and it's like, ah, uh, when I hear the fire alarm, like who is burning something? Uh uh-uh. uh. I just, I, I'm not I just, leaving. I just hope it never. I just hope it never happens. Like I'm that tenant that don't leave their apartment when they say it's gonna be a fire. You can't lie, so I'm just gonna jump. I'm just gonna look. I'm just gonna go. Get my knife, bunt, pop a hole right in between the mesh. I'm going to slide, not my living room couch, because I'm going to come back for that. I'm going to slide my mattress. Well, I love my mattress, but I'll slide my mattress down because um I could buy a new mattress. My couch, I don't know if I could find another one. But, and then I would jump, I would land, to, I would land and be like, yes! <laughs> No, I thought you was about to say the firefighters come and it holds me down while I'm on the mattress. <laughs> Bad as hell. Like, dude, I just saved myself. From a fire that did not even exist, yo. That's that's what I never leave, and I and I know, I know that's bad. But I already told myself, if when if it, the alarm ring and it be a real ass fire, I'm jumping out the window. I'm fit for that. I am. I'm. I know. I don't work out when my adrenaline goes. Damn, I didn't know you could climb that wall with 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 just your sneakers and fingers, like. <laughs> yeah, X Man, my uncle. My trusty Walmart sneakers. Oh, my Walmart sneakers. You know, yo, you know. I shout out to the Walmart sneakers. Anyway, back, back to the conversation. So everything is everything is being tampered with right now. Everything. Everything, like just your, your general health, is at risk. No matter who you are, man, woman, child, black, white, your general health is at risk right now. And then you have, you know, like we were talking about, like. The whole time, like people in domestic situations, better stuck. They can't move. It's hard to move. They can't, you know, yeah. go anywhere. Then you have people their employment. It's like every aspect of of your life is honestly being affected right now. Yeah, you know, socially, um, economically, uh, spiritually. You can't even go to church. So those things can cause suicide. But what is it when somebody kill themselves and the kids? That's mental. 
And when those things happen, I don't feel like as a, a community or a country, we take those things serious. Like that's serious. People need help. And you know what? The food that they're buying, the genetically modified food, the the lack of proper oxygen, the the fake good water, all the water that you got to buy that's $4 a bottle or $2 and it has all these stuff inside but people think it's water and no, people don't read the fine print, you know, the cell phones, the Google, the radiation, the 5G. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's a Shut Up or Talk Up podcast. <laughs> that was a job! Just start doing that. Just start. Just start doing drops while you talk to people, like in regular conversation. It's it's real out here. It's real. What do you think we can do to fix this issue with suicide? Being that it's already, we already understand that it's something that we can't just color coordinate it and know the type of people that have it. America not gonna make money to um actually fix situations. They it's just you know the food industry, the pharmaceutical. It's, it's, it's not going to be lucrative to the people that survive off of other people's pain and hardship. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a Shut Up and Talk a podcast. <laughs> there you go again. Yeah, there you go. Dropping drops. Thanks for answering the phone call. Thank you for participating in our conversation about mental health. Thank you, thank you. Hello. Hi, is this Miss James? Yes. Hi, this is the Shut Up or Talk Up podcast. We just want to say thank you for participating in our phone conversation in reference to mental health. Yeah. Thank you. What are your thoughts about mental health in America today? I think um, the mental health in America is not addressed as it should be. Mm. Um, at this current state, I think everyone is on the same, if not oh, similar circumstances. We all have anxiety due to the pandemic that's going on, uh, being in house, reflecting on yourself more. It should reflect and it may give you anxiety, stress, mm-hmm. or whatever, but I think it's the pandemic alone and the what's the environment right of what's going on with the black life movement it's all over the place all over what was your first introduction to mental health on a personal level it could be it uh, yeah it could be whatever level affiliation personal uh, well i come from a large close-knitted family mm-hmm. that's very opinionated Growing up as an adult now, in hindsight, I see where there were mental issues in the family that were maybe labeled as you're crazy or I experienced that growing up, I would say maybe at the age of eight. Oh. oh wow! Well, you well yeah. you you identify well you experience I, I, the behaviors, but you didn't identify. But the identification of it, I experienced it, but my perception of it was no one communicated with them, with each other. No one talked about their pain until mm-hmm. the anger and the rage comes in, and I made a conscious decision that I would never do that to myself, and I would teach someone how to treat me and how to love me. Right. And I will just 
to them the same courtesy what I would expect for myself. So at a young age, that is just my experience, my reflection of it, and saying, well, this is the reason why it's like that. It's because we just don't listen to it, or they're talking over each other, and so forth. But when I think I was around nine, at the 10 or 11, my father passed away. And that was my first close experience of death. And I could not get out of the grieving phase. I cried to father too much every day. Mm-hmm. That I was on it. And um, my mother decided to send me to see a counselor. And that was my first experience of going to counseling. So with my perception of how it's, you have to teach someone how to treat you and how to love you and always speak about your pain, mm-hmm. that the person know that they've hurt you, and learn how to move on from it, I learned that through the counseling that I was in a state of depression and the grieving that I was stuck in my grieving state, mm-hmm. and she showed me skill sets on how to move on from it. As a child? Uh, as a child. Oh, as that's, as a, you, you yeah. know, not to, not to cut you, uh, you can continue, but that's so, that, I think that's a wonderful thing that your mother did that very, that's a wonderful thing. That mean your mother saw something that, you know, she wasn't able to do and she, yeah, no she seek, right. <laughs> but I remember yeah. hearing, um, I think I, I was watching an interview with, um, Tina and she said, she had to put Beyonce and Solange through therapy around that age, like eight and 10, because they were not getting along and they both were going through some things and they, they took that they had um, a counselor around that time, that age. And I thought that was like, wow, you know, that's, that's so good to at least try to make an attempt to start that early. Cause I never really hear that. And so to know that your mom did it, I think that's awesome. Yeah, I don't know how she came to that conclusion to do that, but, and at the same time, I'm not sure if there was a stigma against me with mm-hmm. my peers, or they probably, I'm not sure if they knew. Mm-hmm. They knew I was doing the council, yes, they did. Mm-hmm. But um, I never felt any stigma or any judgment for going. But I think for me getting that tool, like you said, that was a good tool that my mother gave me, and for me understanding that you have to talk out your pain and not let it build up. Mm-hmm. As a, from a young child, I think that helps me to cope through life. Right. Um, Getting things out is always something I... Ha- is one of my self-care measures and something that I use and I've used all my life. I, I think I've actually overused it. So I, mm-hmm. such a, it's been a part of how I manage my mental health because i've tried not to say how i feel i i've tried to act like i'm not bothered and i tried to mm-hmm. you know and when i do those things i feel like literally like a hole in my chest but as, as i grew i realized expressing myself is so important but i just have to understand there is a time and a place and that's time and i'm still learning yeah <laughs> to how you express yourself too. You don't want to get up to the point where you cause pain and anxiety or hurt or leave a permanent scar on someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, for me personally, I try to tread that line. I don't always succeed at it mm-hmm. or it may not always come across the way that I want it to But at least across. you have it in your heart and your mind. 
Yeah. 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 So in the Caribbean culture, when identifying someone that acts out in rage or is angry, what would you say West Indians would label that person? Or what was the verbiage? I think those the labels that you, you mentioned, those are also used. Mm-hmm. But mainly it's that that person is just a, a problem. A problem, right. And, and to not listen to them, they tend not to get listened to. Um, oh, wow. That's such yeah. a valid point. Go ahead. Yeah, so then the pain is not um, recognized and or validated, I should say. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's everyone's avoiding. Okay, whatever happens, just keep moving. It's not the place or the time to talk about it. There's never the place or the time to talk about it mm-hmm. in culture. Um, going within your family, you don't know the outsiders know what's going on within your family. That's true. So I don't. I don't know if uh, mental health has ever been addressed. It hasn't been, let me be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Because my family, um, I'm very close to the family, and I believe in family and learning your history and teaching that to kids. So I've done a lot of talking to, and, and it was embedded not to, as, as kids. I've talked to a lot of my elders and tried to do research on my own. And but with that being said, I realized that mental health, mental health is, is a gene that carried passed on. At one point, I was very ignorant, even though I went to, to counseling, and, and I didn't understand as a kid that was tool that was given to me. Mm-hmm. I just thought, well, I, maybe because it was easy for me to not hold on to pain because I've seen it throughout my life where people are stuck in a certain time frame mm-hmm. they speak about the same pain every time they meet with each other. Do you think that's and mental health? That's a mental illness? I think it is a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Now, um, at the age of my current age, mm-hmm. 40 plus. And fabulous. I finally <laughs> accept that oh, mental health is really a, 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 that you cannot, you need to have help to get through it. Mm-hmm. And the way that I came to that understanding, even though I've experienced it all my life, I always thought you could shake it off. Mm-hmm. You're strong, and you just need to talk about it, and you need to forgive and move on. Mm-hmm. And I always thought those things, being that I'm a very religious person, mm-hmm. you give it to God, and you forgive, and you move on, and you try again. There's times that you have to remove yourself from the situation just to heal and to forgive and then enter back into that relationship. I've done that many times also. I thought those were the skill sets that I needed to do to survive and I thought that if I can show by example and try and guide people in that way, it'll make them better. Mm-hmm. But it was a foolish um, ideology. Well, you, well, I mean, I mean, I think the things you mentioned, it, you know, Listening to what you're saying, I wouldn't say it's foolish, you know, because guess what? Everybody's remedy may be different. So along your travels and your life, you may have shared that insight to somebody and it may have worked for them in the smallest way or the biggest way. But it may not have worked for the next person in certain ways. So, right. It can't be paid across the board. And my problem is I was paying it. Across the board. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, at the current age where um, my mother's getting older, 
I'm a lot more involved in her medical stuff and, and so be it. Um, she wants to do a brain mapping of her brain. With doing that brain mapping, it opened up my eyes to a lot of different things regarding mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, showed areas in her brain where her mental state is, I don't know what the medical terminology is, that it's so low, and it's low because of medication, it's low because of life experience, mm. um, and also the big number one thing is that my, my family has a gene of depression, and again, I don't know the terminology to it, but it's a gene that you have, you can have highs and lows, mm-hmm. it's not that you can and it's very difficult to get out of it, but if once you recognize it, there's ways to get out of it. So it taught me those things. It also taught me because my mother, as a kid, she had to raise her siblings, and mm-hmm. she had to go over and sit. And she had to fight throughout her life to get what was needed for her and her siblings and family and so forth. So at the age that she is now that she needs help, she still wants to fight with her important and praying praying do you think that mental health can destroy relationships it it, it could make or break a relationship Mm um i think mental health mental health plus your life experience that you're bringing into that relationship Mm -hmm. it could be a deterrent or it could also be a blessing it depends on the partner that you have okay Okay. i think someone that needs a lot of attention or care needs to get a nurturer as a mate. Okay. So there is a time where you cannot make that mental state affect your mental health. Right. You, you know what? Just to, to kind of piggyback off what the last statement you said, sometimes... Well, I've heard... I've worked with um, children and adults that have developmental disabilities, and I've actually worked years ago um, on an Alzheimer's unit, and then I got certified for that as well. And when I would speak to the, the children of the, the adults that were there, that was that were living there, they were so, you know, trying to be strong and, and handle things. And um, sometimes they would also be depressed as well. Sometimes they say, you know, you got to you got to check on the caregiver. So um, yeah. I, I guess I would say and, and even myself, I, I you know, if we know someone that's taking on a different role, if you are privy to that is important for us to check on the caregiver too because sometimes the care the caregiver it, this idea of that person is being strong um mm-hmm. 
And, and, and that's something that I'm going to do as well. And now I'm just thinking about it. Like you got to check on the caregiver because the caregiver also, their mental health is at risk. That's, that's, that's so true because I think I'm more of an empath that I can, I hold people's pain mm-hmm. and I never want to see anyone help as many of my loved ones, friends, family, or whomever, but whoever is in my circle, even if it's a stranger, I try to help as best as I possibly can. Right. But mm-hmm. at some point it does become very cumbersome, very heavy burden to carry. Well, there's so much ugliness, so much hatred and pain. I, I cry. I cry. I just mm-hmm. can't do anything but to cry to release that pain right. because I carry it with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so as... But it, it, it becomes times where I do need to remove myself from loved ones if they're in a stage where mm-hmm. they don't want to make growth or recognize the pain that they have and that they're carrying your pain of depression my pain now so yeah. I have to remove myself from that and mm. deal with that pain that I'm feeling and then try and re-enter kick my toe back into that relationship and see if it's something that I can a different sustain. route but yeah at those periods when I cut people off mm-hmm. just to get myself together but at, at, in that period of time I'm, I'm in pain mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. crying I'm don't know how I'm going to get out of it, but I'm crying, I'm praying, mm-hmm. I'm doing many different things to try and get out of that pain, except for ask for help. Ask and for and you know what, I think that's so powerful for you. I think that's so powerful. I think it's so powerful for you to say that because so many people, you know, the people that's going to listen to this thing, I'm sure there's people that will, res- that will resonate with so many people. You know, not even knowing how to just say that, like the fact that you the fact that you can just say that and understand your actions. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. My yeah. Actions. I understand. White America view mental health different from black Americans. Most definitely. They embrace it. I think it's not even a, a matter. Of, it, it is a matter of. of they have access to it. Culture. They have a lot of yeah. they've always had access they to have it. Access and, and that's why we. Uh, you also have access to it. You don't use, utilize that part of the medical mm-hmm. uh, field. Well, I think and with we that, shun from it, we do. Sh- it, it, Go ahead. I think no. I think we shun from that because we want. We didn't know that it was a safe place. A safe, yeah. Your, mm-hmm. Share your feelings and your thoughts with others. You were taught as a kid to keep your personal and family issues in the house. Within the household. That's true. So. Um, I think white people, it's something that they don't know or understand. They seek the help. I also think that one of the reasons why, a few of the reasons why black people were not comfortable with talking to therapists or psychiatrists because they all were white. And then there's another saying that, you know, you can't really, you know, you can't trust a white man. Right. So if the person that I have to go to confide in is the person that I'm also being told not to trust, then... You know what I mean? But now in 2020, you know, you, you're seeing black men and women um, taking on the roles of um, therapists, um, psychologists, like, you know, you know, counselors. You are right. We do have that access now. Um, you get your, what word I want to use, your platform on how to see life, your perception of life 
as a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And it's also taught by seeing what the elders in your family, your household does. They may not realize, but they're, they're teaching you how to act as an adult and how to cope with certain um, right. life experiences. So that's why I can't say it's a black or white thing. It okay, no, that, that's valid. Yeah. That's definitely valid. And so, well, I want to say thank you so much for joining the conversation, Ms. James. You you actually, you know, point out a lot of great um, points you share with our audience about brain mapping. So you guys heard about brain mapping today. Look into it. Um, look into it because it could definitely be helpful you know, when I think about it, when you mentioned it, I, I thought about how when everyone was doing the genealogy, finding their genes or their mm-hmm. traits, brain mapping seems so interesting. Like, that's yeah. something that I want to go look into right now. <laughs> yeah. Glad, and I hope that what, what you're doing is, is really um, powerful. And I hope that uh, you're blessed with, with this podcast. And I hope this topic may help someone to go and seek help or raise their hand and say, hey, I think I may have an issue. Um, God willing, it, it will. Oh, well, I thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for participating and have a great night, okay? You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, guys. Am I speaking to the coach queen? Yes, hi, how are you? I'm fine. Um, thank you for so so much for participating in this conversation. We would like for you to share insight um, in regards to your platform with our audience. Okay, well, um, I am a podcast. I just basically talk about self-care, just being comfortable with yourself, different self-care tactics and routines. Mm-hmm. Um, about that are going on. Okay. Speaking of a very important current event that's going on, mental illness, as as um we know the topic is, what is your thoughts about America today? Wow, that's a good question. Um, see, it's really important right now more than ever to just be self-aware of your emotions and just not ignore those emotions. I mean, now now is the time to deal with those things. Right. Right. And so that that's something that I feel like is a generational curse. Mm. So unless you're willing to break that generational curse within yourself, it's going to be hard for you to be with somebody who has a mental illness. Mm. Because it's like, okay, well, I can't handle it. I can't even do it myself. Right. Truly. And now I'm I'm with you, and I you know I love you, and I you know I care for you. Um, whether it's you know a a um really like you know emotional relationship or if it's just a friendship either way i feel like if you don't know yourself if you're not able to take care of yourself how can i take care of you right how can i be there for you you know on that level if neither one of us are not you know misaware of what's going on with us right and then that that causes you know a domino effect uh, a major domino effect of trying to love someone that's that's in pain or someone that doesn't know how to deal with their pain and I don't know how to deal with my pain or right. you know in, in my you know mental illness even affects your communication skills. Yes, it does. Generational curses. That's, that's yeah. why a lot of us don't know how to communicate. Yeah, it's with each other because that's something we weren't taught to communicate. Right. 
and 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 then also that it's okay to communicate or it's yeah. it's okay to express your emotions and not that right. um you're weak if you yeah. do. Oh, you're just an angry black girl. Yeah, yeah. You would really hear, oh, she's just an angry um yeah. white woman or an angry Latino or Asian girl. You really hear, yeah. hear that, but even those things, those things play a, a major part in how you even um, perceive yourself and, and how you even choose to address your mental illness. Because you know, if you believe what you're hearing all the time or if you're being told that you're no good or you're told that you're angry, then you're going to feel like, OK, maybe I should shut up. Right. And then you could be burning inside and feel like you got so much to say, but the world wants you to shut up. And, you know, you're shutting up for the world. But meanwhile, internally you're creating a monster because you're going to blow one day yep that's right that's right do you think that schools should implement mental health um courses with kids i do i'm actually a kindergarten teacher and this was my first year oh wow (laughs) awesome um yeah so i feel like at that age that emotion, you know, emotion and self-care should definitely be taught because a lot of these kids now, the kids in kindergarten who are here now, they don't have a lot of, not to say they don't have a lot of common sense, but they don't have, a lot of the parents don't teach them how to express their emotions. It's kind of like... They're watching a laptop. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're so into the technology that it's like, okay, well, who are you without the technology? Do you wow. know who you are? Are you able to communicate how you feel? And um, I, my mom was, she's a teacher as well, so she's old school teacher. So she's like, no, you need to open your mouth, use your words. <laughs> right. <laughs> So when I'm in my class, that's all I teach my kids. I'm like, no, what are you trying to say? Open your mouth and say what you need to say. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, because they're, like, they're technology kids. We were technology kids a little bit, but not like Not that. like, yeah, yeah. That's all they know. <laughs> yeah, that is all they know. And so, I, you know, even with them dealing with their... A mental health or self-care once they reach their teenage years or you know into their adult life i'm sure they can get to that point but if i grew up off a of laptop and tablets and just scrolling to videos and scrolling to videos i i don't even you know you would think that they could watch videos or to see right. other kids doing it so maybe they'll implement it and do it themselves but i don't know if some of the kids are just watching it just to watch it or if they're implementing the good behaviors in their in their their child um life their child you mentioned some things earlier about what people can do to improve their i guess or to to help their um, mental health or um self-care yeah well the first thing i would say is take a break from social media honestly because right. taking break daily from from social media is a must that's number one. Number mm-hmm. two is, even though we can't go to so many places, you know, um, I would say exercise. Mm-hmm. Definitely exercise. Yeah. Um, Talk to your friends, mm-hmm. please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, FaceTime them, call them. I mean, go see them. Maybe talk to them in the driveway. Check on your strong on. friend. <laughs> or if yes. you are, if y'all all strong, y'all still check on each other. Yes, you mm-hmm. have to check on that strong point because mm-hmm. the strong point is hurting right now. Mm-hmm. Whether you believe it or not, that strong point is hurting right now. So call your strong point more yeah. often than you do. And also, 
I think that this is a good time to forgive too. You know, depend. I don't know what certain things are, but just like really letting go of that water weight, you know, like because life is so precious, and it's like, uh, do I want to be mad at you forever for something that you know you may not get? And you know, like it's so because you know we still got to go through another election. Exactly. We it's we don't you know and so we gotta hold on to what we have and we gotta be thankful right. and I think those yeah. are some key elements that I use for my mental um health or my self care you know every day I'm like I gotta I make sure I I say thank you or I'm thankful you know right. I, constantly constantly even for the yeah. smallest things or I just yeah. gotta constantly say that because. Though my situation isn't the best, I am so thankful because exactly. it could be worse. worse. Mhm. Reaching out to a family member that you know struggle, uh, or a family member that hasn't come to copes with their issues or mental issue or depression or whatever it is. You know, how do you get through to that person? Wow. Um. Well, personally, I'm I'm a family person, so I have four cousins that were tight life sisters. So, um, and you know, we all have our different issues and we don't really talk about, but us just sticking together mm-hmm. in the midst of all this has been so helpful. I know for my personal mental health because, you know, right now it's kind of like you feel really lonely. You know, even yeah. if you're around a whole bunch of people, you still feel lonely sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like just just calling them, like we said before, calling them. Reaching out. Letting know. I mean, not so much as saying I'm here for you because sometimes people don't want to hear that. <laughs> so you could just, you know, do a nice gesture, you know, bring them something, you know, have a quick conversation but not mention, hey, you know, I'm here for you. Just say, hey, girl, or hey. Right. Uh, like, don't make it be obvious. Yeah, that you're, po- like, you're don't there for their issue. Because sometimes mm-hmm. people don't. People don't want you all up in their business. Even though you know what's going on, people don't want you all up in their business. Right. And I feel like that's the, that's the best way to do it right now. Do you think that white America look at mental um, illness different from black Americans? Oh, yes, honey. Yes, definitely. Um, and I'm just going to throw out one example. I don't know if you recall the church shooting. Um, that happened a while ago, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just things to me that they're so quick. And I'm, when I say that, I'm be very clear. Cool I'm talking about white America. Mm-hmm. I feel like white America is so quick to say, "Oh, someone so has mental illness. That's what they do. What they do. It's okay." Mm-hmm. But what about what about us? I right. mean, mm-hmm. a lot of the mental illness that we have is generational, mm-hmm. and that didn't come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I feel like they treat they they do look at it differently. They look at us like, oh, he he's crazy. Something's wrong with him, or she's crazy. Something's wrong with her. But y'all so quick to say, oh, um, so and so has mental oh, illness. Mm-hmm. I need to take them to a doctor. Or so and so, it's okay to be act like that. It's okay, right? That's not I me. Mean, that's not fair. Yeah, yeah. No, I I understand yeah, exactly. Just look at the people. Look at people who are crying out for help right now because you it's, it's because of COVID, and I feel like because of everything else is going on, you have no other opportunity. I mean, there's no excuse for you not to feel your feelings because when COVID wasn't going on, 
Mm-hmm. We were all of us was doing something to distract how we felt. Mm-hmm. But now you have to deal with it. Now you have to deal with it. It's like it's like knocking at your door, like hello. Here, you've been trying to learn from me, but here I am. Ooh, feelings, me. emotions, stress. Yeah, yeah, here I am. That that that. that run from me. Yeah, that issue that you didn't want to deal with five years ago. I'm back. Here I am. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, no, you. That was so valid. You know, you just right. and even the idea of people being afraid to spend time alone. I actually enjoy yeah. spending time alone, but yeah, I do. I do miss human engagement. I'm not gonna lie. Ugh, I do miss that. But I, I, I don't think it's frightening to be with myself. And I think that for me, I, you know, I, I enjoy being around myself. I like to create. I, you know, I work. I, you know, I, you know. So I'm, I'm always excited with myself when I'm with myself. But there isn't nothing like having human interaction. Nothing like Nothing it. Nothing like it. it. Makes me appreciate it. It's a positive thing to take this time to actually reflect on yourself because like, when are we ever going to have an opportunity like this again? Hopefully never again. Right. <laughs> but it's good that, you know, I always try to think about stuff in an optimistic, positive way. Like, okay, well, what's the positive in this? The positive is you're able to deal with your feelings. Mm-hmm. You're able to deal with your self-care and your self-awareness. And you're able to see, okay, wow, I really didn't realize that I was like this. Right. So when it's time for me to go outside the world, I can, I'm can. i trying to start that journey to actually grow. This is the time to grow, for real. Yeah, for real. Yeah. I agree. It definitely is. And all right, I just want to thank you so much for tuning in. I know I asked you earlier, but I'm going to ask you to mention your platform again. Um, provide the the, um, the listeners with the spelling of the platform and where they can find you again. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for allowing me to be up here. Um, again, I'm Alexis from the Couch Queen Podcast. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. Um, listen to the Cash Podcast on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcast. Yes, definitely tune in, you guys. Definitely an awesome platform. And thank you again for tuning in to the Shut Up or Talk Up podcast. We appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Have a great night. Thank you, too. Hello? Hey, this is Yama from the is it 109, Yama 109 podcast. Yeah, room 109. Room 109, yes, definitely. Sorry about that. This is a Shut Up or Talk Up podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining in the conversation about mental illness. Like all of our other callers, we know that some people are not licensed um, psychiatrists or licensed therapists. So we're getting perspectives from those individuals as well as as, as well as um, people that have their own platforms. And you have your own podcast. And we came across your platform from um, social media and we thought it was pretty dope. It's like, okay, well, this person seems like they can have a conversation. <laughs> you know, we, so people should definitely enter in the room. It's room 109. I hope I'm saying it right. Yeah, you are. Not- yes, don't forget, it's on um, what platforms do you have it on? So currently, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and also on Ready to the podcast. It's on Spotify and Apple Music. And you can get everything from the link tree and the podcast page, which is on 109.com. Okay, definitely. All right, so the conversation is about mental health, mental illness. What are your thoughts about mental illness when you hear the topic? So when the topic of mental illness comes about, um, 
I come from a West African home, so my parents are struggling with and it's interesting because growing up, you know, mental health was never taught to you. It was never something that was a good thing to kill. Like, recently, not up until I could say my senior year of high school, which was like four years ago, um, you know, that's when, you know, a lot of people were talking about therapy and like self-care and drinking and mental health. Um, I can say definitely mental health has always been a taboo topic and something that nobody really wants to talk about. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. But um, over the years, as I've gotten older, it's been something that I've taken to concern mm-hmm. and take up for myself because mental health is real. Right. It's something that we need to pay attention to. Your mm-hmm. beings, I mean, it's real. I, don't, I feel like anytime, especially in the home, they will tell your child, you know, you're not sick as the devil, but no, like something could possibly be wrong right. with your child. Right. You know what I mean? You know, just to piggyback off of what you're saying, you said you're West African, correct? Yes. Okay. So um, my background is Jamaican. And so, and I was having this conversation with someone. I was like, okay, yeah, we're all black people, but we have different cultures depending on where we're from, right? And it's so funny that anytime I talk to another black person, not all, but majority of them would say, you know, if they're from down south, from... Canada, Europe, Ireland, Africa, everyone always saying, oh, that person, nothing wrong with them, they're crazy, or that's it, you know, <laughs> or they're acting like that, or, and so to hear you say the phrase for you, for you growing up was like, oh, it's the devil, yeah, I've heard that too, so, yeah, it's like, they always blame you on the devil, yeah, <laughs> God will fix it, but still, go see somebody, right, <laughs> health it's is definitely a, a serious thing because as women you know we are vocal and then you know 
Uh, at black women, we are vocal, and so men are um, are are um, they're vocal as well, but they're taught to hide their emotions. So if you if you have emotions that you don't know where it came from and you don't know how to process it, but everybody tell you, hey, shut up about it and don't come to me with it. Oh man, that's just like. That's frustrating. Therapy, like, you know, talking to your brother or talking to your friend. I think for some guys, it's a lot of ego or shame. The Very shame. difficult, yeah. Very difficult. And then that trickles down into their love lives. And then, you you know, you, you know if, if you're, I don't know if you're lucky or unlucky to be the girl to have to deal with it, then it's, you know, or the woman to have to deal with it. And I'm sure many people have experienced that. Um, and you know, and I, I like to think about my mom and my dad. And when I was growing up, I heard that my father was really chauvinistic. And I used to be like, what? You know, like, cause he, you know, he ended up having five girls. So God must've gave him, God purposely gave my dad five girls. Like, oh, you think you the boss and all that? We're gonna give you five girls and you're gonna see the, the purpose of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> but not for nothing he was like a great dad you know he he's the first person to tell me i'm beautiful and to you know instill certain things but sometimes um men they don't even know how to be men you know or the, the example of a man they follow that and it lead them to a different path but yeah you know no, it's very interesting, very interesting, especially when it comes down to the love life. I've always told somebody, it's not my job to fix what your mama's supposed to do. Mm. And it sounds harsh. It does, but... I'm not raising nobody's son. I'm over here busy fixing myself. I'm not about to train myself for somebody. Who's just going to bring me right down with you? Granted, you do need help. And if I tell you that, and you don't understand, I'm going to have to pack my shit and go. Right. Because I don't... I done been in situations where I done tried out somebody. And he turns around and tell me I'm the toxic one, I'm the crazy one, and I need to seek help. And come months later, he's telling me, oh, it wasn't me, it was him. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's such a, a rocky road because it's like you want to help, right? You know, if you're in a, uh, let's say toxic relationships, you know, what did, what did that come from? Can that mental health can play a major part, especially oh, that's, that's when. Right. That's, right. that's, right. that's, right. that's what it does. That's what it does, especially with the gaslighting. Oh, the gaslighting, girl. <laughs> yes. It, it, it gets crazy. It gets real spooky. It gets all crazy. But like I always say, sorry, pack your shit and go. Leave time alone. I don't have time for that. Right. I'm not dealing with nobody who's not mentally capable to figure out themselves. Right. If nobody is ready to receive what you are giving out, don't waste your breath. Yeah. Figure it out and save your energy and put that energy back into you because at the end of the day, people, and especially when it comes down to relationships, and I'm sorry, when it comes down to men, then they're going to do right by who they want to do right by. Mm. So by and, and for the time frame, and for the time frame that they want to do that. Yes, mm-hmm. you know. And for that, for my mental health and for my stability, I am not, I repeat, am not going to stress myself over someone who's not even stressing me and who's going to go get the next girl. Right. So with that being said, nobody's talking off of all my stuff. And that's it's sake. Mm-hmm. I'm not dealing with none of that. What I am going to do is deal with myself. Right. Which I'm whole because a lot of females lose themselves and men. Do you think, what are your thoughts on how black men respond to black women in trauma, specifically in trauma? Because like when- It's interesting that you just brought that up because 
I am currently, I'm in my last year of college, so I'm a senior, and uh, thank you. And it's interesting that a lot of rape cases have been coming out. Wow. And sexual assault cases have been coming out. And it's been scary because it's like, you know, some of the people you gotta do know, you know? Mm. And it's interesting to see the responses of Twitter and like an Instagram of people coming out and saying their, their stories. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, and what I've noticed on the black Twitter, a lot of people try to justify you, or a lot of people know that their friends are insulting their friends, or they know that this girl went through trauma, and they try to what degrade her feeling or mm. make her feel less than. Like, oh, 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 you know what? Or like saying something like, you whore. <laughs> like, why, why would you call me a whore if I'm, I'm, I'm expressing something that happened? Because you got, you got to be a whore because my friend would have never done that. Or you got to be a whore. Yeah, what you're wearing. Yeah. What you're wearing. Yeah. Or they blame it on what you're wearing or your approach or maybe you was being flirtatious. First of all, I ain't coming here for you to come touch me like that. You know what I mean? Right. And me saying no means no. No means no. And one thing I noticed about trauma and black females in general, black women, just when the conversation was getting even better. To hear the continuation of this conversation, please tune into episode 106 right now so you can get the rest of this conversation and more.